Okay, well, that was terrific. That was Anna O'Connor, an amazing young woman who is uh, using her talents in making jewelry uh, to raise money for a charity called Anna's Hope. For more information, visit AnnaBanana.org, A-N-N-A-B-A-N-A-N-A.org. And uh, you can learn more about Anna Palooza, uh, which is a festival that she is hosting on July 18th in Chicago. And now let's switch gears and let me get my good friend, Rini, on the air. Hang on. Good morning, Rini. Morning. How are you? you? I'm doing great. Have you dropped Bella off yet? Oh, she's waiting in the wings, so to speak. And (laughs) so we're going to head out after we get a chance to talk to you about Wings to Fly and introduce you to one of our fabulous campers and our mama. So uh, we're, we're doing what all women do this morning. We're balancing 15 things because the 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 help didn't come, so you know how that is. <laughs> I do know how that is, and I am so glad that you are flexible, but I, I certainly know that about you. Uh, for our listeners, Rini and I uh, have known each other for nearly seven years now and have had just a wonderful blending of uh, uh, business relationship and, and uh, deep, deep, deep friendship that has uh uh, just grown better and better over the years. And one of the things that I absolutely love about Rini is that uh, she is not only an incredibly positive person, but she has an amazing talent for sharing uh, all of the things that she has garnered, uh, you know, through the years in her life, which have been filled with uh, both some really amazing things and some some challenging things. She's a single mother. And uh, but has just done an, an amazing job of building her business, which is called Aspire Live, and uh, has also recently, uh, actually in the last two years, founded a charity called Wings to Fly. And, Rainy, can you tell us how that came about? Well, Wings came about, I think, many, many years ago as, as a, a dream and what I knew would be a legacy that I would hope to leave behind, which is uh, to give girls the gift of self-confidence that, every piece of research and my own personal experience and the gifts that I've had have really all been a derivative of having the self-confidence that allows you to make decisions that serve you. And so at Wings we say self-confidence is the gift of a lifetime. And um, so I was really, it was a very much a self-motivated knowing uh, component to Wings, and then as I spoke to women all around the country and even the world, we all had that in common. And then men, the same thing. They would see their daughters and they'd say, ah, you know, she has so many gifts and so much potential, but she doesn't see it within herself. So Wings is a camp, seven nights and eight days, and it's for normal, what I call normal girls with normal challenges like self-image and um, mean girl challenges at school or wanting the right friends or finding friends, fitting in, you know, what to eat, what not to eat, worrying about acne, stuff we all went through, um, and having a place where you can explore all those things for yourself. Well, I I am just so excited about the camp for for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, I am the mother of an 11-year-old who is about to go into middle school, and she has uh, led what not a terribly sheltered life because we're we're pretty open with her, but she has uh, been in private school 
you know, since really she was two and a half and has been at a Christian school where, uh, you know, while there are still mean girls and, and there are still things that uh, are challenging, she's going to go from a class of 40 uh, girls right now in the fifth grade to a class uh, of 640 in public school in the fall. And uh, part of me is absolutely terrified about that, but I also know that we have laid uh, in her a, a really, really strong foundation to build on. But since she will be 12 next summer, I am telling you right now that I would like to reserve my place for my little Kira uh, next summer in that camp because I just think that especially after a year of being in such a large school exposed to kids of all beliefs and faiths and different levels of self-confidence, um, you know, I just really think that that will be a wonderful place for her next summer. Well, I, I'll suggest this to you. One of the things that we do at Wings Camp, um, we do have an application process. And what's important about the application process is that it's the first lesson for girls to understand that if you want something, you must apply yourself. So there is an application. We accept all girls, um, with the exception of if we don't have space in camp, and that's a first-come, first-served basis, so we're going to have to get Kara in there early. And then the second piece is um, we are an education and inspiration camp. We're focused on the four building blocks of a girl's life, financial, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And in that, uh, we really, when it comes to any mental health issues, um, you know, anorexia, um, uh, depression, uh, bulimia, these are really very, very important for girls to get the a proper medical attention, and we do not um, have the resources to support that at camp. So outside of that, the whole application process is really this first step and in, in really that wonderful feeling of knowing that you got something you wanted, the empowered sense of I, I got it because I applied. So we'll have to get her in, and you can get applications even for this summer. Um, we have a June camp coming up as well as a July camp, and we've had a couple of June cancellations, so there are a couple of last-minute openings that have occurred, and all of the applications are at wingstofly.info. That's wingstofly.info. You just download the application and you fax it in and you're on your way. So it's a very quick process. We also, um, 100% of the funds that we get received from grants, from our fundraising events. Um, yesterday I was at a beautiful event that was a ladies' high tea, and, we, you know, we raised thousands of dollars. We've had um, the Meeting Planners International did a golf tournament a couple of days ago, and they raised thousands of dollars. So we take 100% of those funds and give it back for scholarshiping girls. And so this allows us to have a beautifully diverse group of girls and to have the money to ensure that diversity is a core value for our girls. Because the more we're exposed to in, sense, in terms of diversity, the less we fear. And the less we fear, the stronger we are and the more confidence we have. Well, I just I really love the way that you approach the camp and and I'm looking forward to hearing uh from Claire about her experience. Now, she she went when she was much younger. So, you you at the time accepted kids who were 10 and have since uh changed that age limit from 12 to 17. Uh was there something behind that change or or did you just need to narrow the field so that the kids had more in common? 
Well, it's a great question, and we did change it very consciously from the starting age of 10 and moving the starting age to 12. Um, the gap between 10-year-old and 17-year-old was just too broad for the topics that we were covering and for the emotional requirements to engage because these girls are all hanging out with each other. Right. And so our research, and we've um, been studying girls and studying what really helps bring the self-confidence and allow them to make responsible choices, at the 12-year-old mark, um, there's a lot of commonality to, as, because they're really close to that, that pre-teen moment and their bodies are changing. Um, they're exposed to a lot more socially at this point. Um, they're, they're more grounded in certain areas and also they pulled away from home a lot more by the time they turned 12. So it was a very conscious decision. In some cases, we will take 11-year-olds. Um, it, it simply uh, it usually tends to be when they are maybe the third sibling, they're the youngest of three or four. So right. they've had that maturity level that they can um, keep up and they won't feel uncomfortable with some of the older girls. Um, we take our 16- and 17-year-old girls and they actually are our team mentors. So we have those girls, um, not only do they go through the entire camp experience, they're also hanging out with our coaches. And um, we use a coaching approach to camp versus a traditional, um, what, we, what you hear of camp counselors. Counselors tend to tell girls, you know, do this or do that. They, they tend to be um, directing uh, quite a bit. And, um, and this is just the approach to that kind of camp experience where if there's two girls that are having a thing, you know, one counselor says to the, you know, Susie, you need to apologize to Beth, and Beth, you need to apologize to Susie, and we need to not have this because we don't have this at camp. And that really, from a standpoint of brings the fly, we're not taking that moment of conflict and helping girls learn how to effectively work through it so they have the power in the future to create resolution around their conflicts in their life versus accept that it's the way it is, you say you're sorry, and you pretend like you don't feel bad about it. Right. We don't really need to practice that. At least I certainly didn't need to practice that when I was going to camp. And so our coaches are certified coaches through the Aspire system, um, which we put certification um, all around the world. And we Aspire donates all that certification to our coach to our coaching team. And coaches go in and they, they just work with girls in a softer approach to help them explore the relationships Susie may want with Beth and Beth may want with Susie and how they might create that. And it's done very individually and it allows girls to, to reflect on what they want versus being told what they have to do, being being forced into a situation um, that feels uncomfortable for them. And so now they're going against their instincts and we're, we're really messing with their trust instincts. So right. we really try and um, raise a, a, the girl to, to appreciate what she wants and therefore take action so she can have it. And what's beautiful is they come to a healthy resolution and now it's all done. And so wouldn't that be nice if we were really learning that skill at 12 years old and 15 years old and 17 versus at 30 and 40 and some of the 50 and 60? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so camp, um, you know, that that's really one of the cool things that happens, and it's all fun with purpose. 
Nobody's sitting around lecturing about the five steps to conflict resolution. It's experiential in nature. And so tell me uh, just quickly, because I know you're going to have to run in a few minutes uh, when, when Claire and Janet join us. But tell us a little bit about the financial side. You mentioned that you you have the financial side of life as as one of the tenants of the camp. Yes, um, the, one of our research indicates that girls with a um, f- financial intelligence, in other words, they have been taught how to make money work for them versus most of us. And I can speak for myself. I grew up with a working-class family outside of Philadelphia. My father was a teacher. We were always struggling. I learned to fear money. You had to have it, and you'd never had enough of it. What I've learned as an adult is you have to have it, and you never have enough of it. So the lesson seems to still be the same. It's just how you choose it, how you look at it. So instead of fearing it, because now you have financial intelligence, you, you, you make it work for you. And so our girls... They're using an income statement the first day of camp. They have camp money. They earn money. They lose money because of bad decisions that they make, just like in life. You didn't get there on time. Ooh, that could cost you two bucks. Um, And you went the extra mile and you were supportive of a friend. We call that paying it forward. You might have earned five bucks. And so at the end of camp, um, we actually have beautiful gemstones that um, we work with a jeweler with, and girls get to take their earnings based on the effort they put forth, just like in life, They and the decisions that they made, the choices that they made, now they have money to buy the gemstones using camp dollars, and of course, Wings to Fly underwrites all those, the cost of those gemstones, and um, they, make ne- they can make a necklace for themselves, they can make up to two things. So now they have something physically and tangible that is tangible that allows them to show the success of their them, their decisions. And their, their decisions affect them, yes, spiritually, they affect them physically, emotionally, and financially. So all four of our building blocks are alive and, you know, they're really interfacing throughout camp. Um, camp is $1,500 for seven nights um, and eight days. It includes everything, transportation, all the activities. We are at a beautiful um, lodge, in, which is on a working cattle ranch, 300 acres, sinkholes. It, it's just spectacular, beyond what you could imagine. And we do um, offer scholarships, and the scholarships are handled very privately. So no girl knows what's being paid. They all know that camp is $1,500. So we take that element on that financial labeling off of girls as well throughout the camp experience. Right. Well, that's really terrific. I would like for you uh, to introduce our guests. uh, Let me get them on the air, and you can uh, do that introduction. Okay. Well, Claire, are you there? Yes. Hi, Claire and Janet. Are you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, all these listeners out there, I want to introduce you to this very extraordinary young woman, um, Claire Wildren, who is just um, a delight. Claire joined us at camp in Breckenridge, Colorado in 2007. Um, She was 10 at the time, and now she's 12, and she has been a spokesperson um, for Wings in so many ways, and I would bet if you were to ask Claire, would she have thought she was going to be a spokesperson? Um, 
Hello. No, I would not think. Hello. Hi. 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 Would I you have thought you were going to be a person? No. No. And also, I want to introduce Janet, her mama, who I've known for well a lot of years. How's that, Janet? And That's a lot of years. <laughs> a lot of years. And um, Janet is a fantastic mom who really has been extraordinarily supportive of Claire as she's explored how she wants to live and the choices that she makes. And with that, I will turn it over to you, Chicky. Thanks, Rini. Okay, well, great. Well, Janet, you and I had a chance uh, to chat a little bit about uh, – what what this was like from a parent's perspective, and I'd like to actually start with that before we jump to uh, hearing from Claire. Uh, you and your husband uh, signed up for the camp. Clearly, you had known Rini for a long time and, and trusted uh, not only her judgment but her experience, and uh, I think you knew firsthand what her training was like uh, having been in the hospitality business. Um, but did you have any idea what you guys were in for when you dropped Claire off at camp? I had no idea. I, I mean, Rini has done um, an amazing uh, job with, you know, in the hospitality industry, specifically working with with my team in uh, my position. And um, so it, it's certainly a way of life in the office. And, um, and so taking... Uh, those elements uh taking those elements into the um into the home absolutely made perfect sense and I was anxious to see how that would uh develop our lives. And so when you picked her up, what was uh, different? Well, well we the the wonderful thing about our experience picking uh Claire up was that we had an opportunity to spend about um, five hours, four or five hours, with uh, the coaches and um, have a wonderful uh, lunch with our um, with our daughters. And uh, Rini and her team were able to sit with us and really you know, share some of the things and the tools that we were going to be able to use at home and what our our daughter's experience not going so much into camp um what happens at camp stays at camp but you know really giving us the adult tools in which we could use and there was a lot of information and uh we were very anxious to to drive away with Claire and I could I and I do want to share this um uh, this story and um to kind of give you an idea of ex- the immediacy that I that we experienced, what happened, um, and the and the the things that Claire um, used or or learned, and was clearly going to continue using them with us, and um, we were I uh, hope to be brief on this. <laughs> I know we're limited on time, but it's such a great story uh, that we picked up Claire and uh, we were driving back and we were kind of mulling over in our own space. The um, uh, the information that we had just received, and you know, Claire her her seven days at camp, and uh, she was sitting quietly in the back seat, and um, Kevin and I were quietly sitting in our our seats, and we approached the traffic light, and Kevin was was definitely going to go right through it, I thought, <laughs> and so I 
did my usual, you know, swinging my arm and slapping him on the on the chest and um, you know, stop the car, the, the normal scream. And, and uh, <laughs> so we came to a screeching halt, and Kevin, you know, he stopped, and uh, we started a little bicker. And Claire, again, was sitting in the back seat, and she said, uh, you know, we started driving again, and uh, Kevin pulled over so that I could take over and drive since I didn't seem to think that he could really do this. And um, <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the typical, the in the norm, norm of life. And uh, so Claire observed all this, and um, anyhow, moving on, when we finally got in uh, back into the line of traffic, Claire calmly said, Mom, are you mad? And, of course, I said, yes, I'm mad. And Claire said, Dad, are you mad? And, yes, I'm mad. And then Claire said, Mom, how do you feel inside right now? I said, I'm angry, and I don't think your dad pays attention to uh, when he's driving, and it scares me. And, uh, and Claire was, Dad, how do you feel? And all of a sudden there's this conversation going on, which was, you know, just that wasn't – Exactly when I would expect a conversation to happen. It hadn't happened before in 11 years, so, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, Dad said, I'm angry, and I don't like how Mom reacts, and she screams while I'm driving, and it scares me. And, you know, and, well, Dad, what would you like Mom to do the next time she thinks you're not paying attention when you're driving? When Kevin says, you know, she doesn't need to yell at me. She could just say something like, you know, did you know that the light's red? And I wouldn't get so angry. Mom, do you think that you could not do that and not scream at Daddy when he sees, uh, when he, um, if he he sees the red light? And I said, yeah, I guess I can do that. Dad, do you think you can, when you're coming to a red light, you can slow down so Mom knows that you're going to stop? Yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> you know, so that was wow. the beginning. That was just minutes from leaving camp. And, um, you know, she, she asked, do you feel better? Everybody feel better? Yeah. So it was a communication, um, you, you know, it was the beginning, like I said, the beginning of a new way of communicating. Wow. So, uh, Claire, so, I, I want to hear from your side. And, you know, you were 10, and... and Having just spent a year with a ten-year-old, uh, and, and my daughter is is uh, you know quite advanced, I think, in her her social skills, and and uh, frequently will jump in with the same kind of comments. But that that's not typical of a ten-year-old. So, what happened after camp? I mean, were you able to sustain uh, the things that you learned at Wings to Fly? Um, yes, actually, I began to be more open with my parents and my friends. And I was able to actually talk to people and actually believe that they're going to help me. And I just became more open. So tell me a little bit, before you went to camp, what did you, did you just think this was going to be, you know, just fun and just getting to know other girls? Did you really know that there was going to be some transformation that was going to happen inside of you? No, I actually did not know that I was going to change at all. Because I just thought it was just fun and games and stuff like that. But the change that it made for me, I'm very happy that I went. Well, I'll tell you, when I look at your face and in the various pictures that have been shared, uh, you... 
you have a level of maturity that comes across in uh, just in your smile, and I, I can just tell how poised you are, which, again, for a 12-year-old, that's usually a very, very clumsy time of life. And uh, it's exciting to see, just even on your face, the, the picture of you at camp sitting on your bed to where uh, you were doing uh, the fundraising uh, with Rini uh, at the event. So how did it make you feel to be able to stand up in front of a room of people at a podium and, and talk about your experience? Were you a little scared about that? Um, kind of, but I have learned to kind of subside and just look at the bright things and not think about, oh, no, what if I'm going to fall off the stage or something like that? <laughs> now, do you still keep in touch with some of the girls who were at camp with you? I uh, yes, we um, talk through email and stuff, and Facebook and all of that. Uh huh. So, so have have they also uh, kind of sustained what they learned? Because quite often you'll go off to uh, a camp or a retreat or or you know any kind of event that is meant to you know really lift you up and raise you up, and and you'll be on a high for a little while after you go. But, you know, to see sustained transformation and to see behavioral change that actually sticks with you, I mean, that's what I am so impressed about with uh, the stories I've heard. Uh, so so tell me from your perspective, um, you know, do you hear the same things from your friends who are at camp too? Um, I think that they have all changed in good ways, and I think they're all better people now. Not that they weren't before, but right. So, what do you think like, made? Mm-hmm, what do you think made you better? Um, I think maybe the well, there was girls. There was girls in the camp that I didn't know, and so then I pushed myself to actually become friends because everybody wants friends anywhere they go, and. Right. People always would just, it's a very loving environment at Wing Supply, and it's very inspiring to me, I think, and yes. Well, that is just very cool, and, and uh, you know, I'm just so proud of you at age 12 uh, to be sharing the message about Wings to Fly, uh, because I think... Uh, you certainly, as you go into your teen years, are going to need some pretty big wings to fly through the emotional things that get thrown at you from your friends. But it sounds like you are very, very well equipped to do that. So would, what would you say to uh, to a young girl who was considering uh, going to camp or, or has, you know, their mom has, has asked them to apply for camp? What would, what would be your words of wisdom? I think that you should just, try it you might well you probably will end up liking it but i know one of the girls at first felt like this because she went to soccer a soccer camp and she wasn't too excited to come because she had to leave the soccer camp but after she went home she was very happy of the decision she made and so i think it would be a very good decision to come to camp this year and chicky um Claire actually had an opportunity last night to talk to a, a gal that was considering going to camp. And, um, you know, as he, as you and Rini were talking about, you know, the, the cliques and the, the mean girl, um, you know, when you think about camp, you think about the cliques. And, and right. that was one of her concerns. And Claire was able, hopefully able to talk her through 
um, that that was not the environment that she would find at Wings to Fly, that it was very much a a group um, because it, it because it is an intimate and, lo- and loving um, community with um, you know established sets of values that right that, and um, those values just continue on. That is so great. Well, thank you guys for sharing your story today. Rini, can you remind people of how to uh, learn more about Wings to Fly and how to get an application uh, for any 12- to 17-year-old girls who could benefit from this? Absolutely. So wingstofly.info is where you can um, please send your daughters, your nieces, your friends, um, any girls. The site is really built for girls to engage, and on the site under participate is an application that you can just send out and fax to us, and all the details are right there on the site. If someone would like to get in touch with me directly um, to talk through, because we talk to every parent or legal guardian before um, any applications are accepted, um, and we only we make our acceptances um, directly with the girls through that process. So uh, you can always reach out to me, 480-215-0653. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and have an amazing day. And thank you for uh, leaving that legacy, Rainey. Well, it's it's an honor to work with such extraordinary parents and girls. It's my favorite thing. Well, next to being a mom. <laughs> All right. Well, take care, Thank guys, you. and I will talk to you later, Rini. Yes.